Good morning. It's nice to see you all again. Uh, We're going to talk this morning about kindness. So for a minute, turn to the person next to you. And if you are sat in the living room with somebody at home, why don't you turn to them as well? And if you're sat on your own, why don't you just think about this for a minute? And turn to the person and tell them of a recent time where you have been on the receiving end of somebody else's kindness. Where you have received kindness from somebody else. Okay, my glamorous assistant over here is going to uh, run around. Has anybody just heard of a story where you were like, that is amazing, people need to hear about this kindness? And would you be willing to share it? Raise a hand if you've just heard of amazing kindness. Any kindness stories to share? Well, Anyone feeling really average brave? kindness, clearly. <laughs> Harry bought me fish and chips yesterday. That is incredibly kind. What did he buy? Harry, Harry bought James fish and chips yesterday. Oh, that is kind. Yeah. That is very kind. Very kind. Yeah. Fish and chips. Yeah. Any other stories of kindness? Come on, don't be shy. Okay, good job we're talking about this morning then. <laughs> be ready to be condemned, everybody. So, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are kind, that you are faithful, that you are worthy and that you are with us. So, Lord, I pray that you will uh, open our hearts, our minds, our eyes to see more of you this morning. May we learn and be the people that you've called and created us to be. Amen. So, we're going to uh, talk about kindness. The dictionary definition of kindness... Actually, let's start with the verses that we've been reading from. In in Galatians 5, 22-23... We're looking at the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So, the dictionary definition of kindness is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate. Think for a moment about the kindest person you know. Very good. For me, the kindest, one of the kindest people I know is part of us uh, as a church, and, and they don't necessarily have lots um, of finance, or they don't necessarily have lots of energy or capacity of things to give away, and yet what they do have, they give all of it away lovingly. They're the sort of person who, if they hear a financial need, they go out of their way to go and give a gift and help you out. They're the sort of person who, if they hear of you in hospital, then they drop everything to come and sit by your side. They're they're the sort of person who would appear at your house with a gift. Kindness oozes out of them. And whether they would even say that about themselves, I'm not sure. But that's that's one of the things I recognise. There's a couple of other people here who, um, who text me every week just to ask how I am and see if I'm doing all right, how my week's been, if there's anything they can pray for. A seemingly really small gesture, and yet... For me, it's a really helpful and amazing recognition of their care and their support for me. Kindness can cost us everything, whether that's financially or time or everything we have, or kindness can cost a text. I want to share with you this morning that we are all wired and created for it. So in the Greek, we're looking at scripture, there's a word that is used is krestestos which is translated 
good, kindness and gentleness. But the word here is being used as a description for someone's disposition and not just a comment of the acts that are kind and good. Kindness here is, is a posture as opposed to an act. In the Hebrew, it's the word hesed, which is translated as love and mercy and kindness. And again, it's used in the context of these things being freely given. The help of, given, uh, of showing somebody mercy and kindness that is done freely. And hesed is used in one of the most famous verses that we see on motivational Christian t-shirts about acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly. And hesed is used in that loving mercy line. It's, it's an invitation that kindness is something that we should love. It's something that we should love to give away. And often when I think about kindness, I think of the act of kindness, whether that's the text message or whether that's somebody giving finances or their time. Um, and I've witnessed and experienced people going beyond the physical act, becoming a heart condition, a state of choosing to freely give from a place of love. Post, uh, kindness is a posture as opposed to an act. I'm seeing this live out a bit as we're raising our boys and... Um, Joshi is, is amazing. He's wonderful. He actually is a very, very kind little boy. But we're always trying to teach him to grow in his kindness. He's very aware of people's feelings and, he, and he's, he's really good at engaging that. However, there are times where I've seen his acts of kindness are not coming from a posture of kindness. A classic example will be Freddie is playing with a toy. Joshi walks in, goes, I want that toy. And so he goes and finds something else and comes up with a sales pitch of, Freddie! Do you want this toy? It's much better. It's much more fun to play with. You can have this one. You can have... And then he snatches it and swaps it over. What might seemingly be a kind gesture of giving him the better toy is actually just coming from a posture of gain. Or another example, maybe somebody puts on Facebook, has anybody got a sofa? And you immediately reply going, I've got a sofa you can have. Come and collect it anytime. A seemingly kind gesture, while at the same time you're going, yes got rid of that sofa I've been trying to get rid of for ages and I haven't got to pay for it to be removed <laughs> anyone feeling convicted <laughs> the act of kindness there is just an act as opposed to a posture it's coming from a posture of gain as opposed to a posture of giving so this morning for those of us who like alliteration in a talk I'm going to give you the three C's of kindness I realise it should have been the three Ks, uh, but this is where we landed, and joshi has been learning phonics at school, and uh, so we're doing like k k k car k k k kite so we're just going to call these the three little Cs of kindness, okay, that's what we're going to go with. So, posture number one, or the first part of this, kindness is not a physical act or gesture, but it is a characteristic of God. In Psalm 145, 17, it says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. Nehemiah 9, 17 says, But you are a God of forgiveness, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in loving kindness. Isaiah 54, 8 says, In a surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. God shows his kindness to his children. He is full of forgiveness, grace, and compassion. It is it's who he is. Kindness was also a posture that Jesus took in so many of his interactions with people. Now, I don't have time to go through each of these line by line, but 
I'm going to show you a few examples of where Jesus demonstrates this kindness. So Jesus demonstrates kindness through healing the leper. And there's this story where everybody's gathering, the crowd gathering around Jesus, and this man with leprosy comes before Jesus and says, if you are willing, make me clean. And Jesus says, I am willing. Anyone with disease in those times was cast out. You know, they were, they were out of the camp, out of the town, out of the city um, as impure. If you go through Leviticus, you understand all of that, that, that. There's the people who have got diseases or impure. They have to stay away from everybody else at risk of making them impure. So you weren't to touch them because if you touched them, you became impure. And as a result, if you were suffering with a skin disease like this man, then you were an outcast. And so through this act, through this gesture of saying, I am willing, Jesus teaches us that kindness goes beyond the social norms. Kindness goes beyond stereotype, and kindness goes beyond clean and unclean. We see it again when Jesus is preaching to the Gentiles, and Jesus finds himself at a well in the middle of a day, and and there's a Samaritan woman who comes to get water. And she gives him water, and, and he shares with her about the living water which he is bringing to the world, including her. Jesus, as a Jew, shouldn't have been speaking to her. Jews and Samaritans did not engage with one another. This was culturally unacceptable. Yet Jesus shows kindness goes beyond cultural barriers. We see it again as Jesus showing compassion to the sick. Time and time again, Jesus does this, but in the story of the woman coming through the crowd to come and touch Jesus' robe for healing, and he feels power come out of him, and he turns around asking, who touched me? And a trembling woman comes and falls at his feet, saying she touched him to be healed. Jesus acknowledges her pain, acknowledges her fear, shows compassion to her, and calls her his daughter. And we see it in Jesus forgiving those who hurt him. When Jesus is in the garden with his disciples and death is approaching and a crowd of soldiers arrive to come and grab him and Simon Peter grabs his sword and strikes the ear of the high priest and Jesus is about to be taken and trialed and killed yet he stops the violence, goes, we're not having that here and he heals the high priest's ear. Then whilst hanging on the cross he turns and he cries out to God saying, God, forgive the people who are killing me because they don't know what they're doing. Forgiveness here becoming one of the ultimate expressions of his kindness. Kindness is a characteristic of God. Jesus hadn't, didn't have to do these things by might. It flowed from who he was. So secondly, the second little cup of kindness is kindness is a currency of the kingdom. I love the story of Jesus and Zacchaeus. Not just because I'm short before any of you say it. (laughs) Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy and he wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, 
Here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So Zacchaeus is chosen by Jesus from the crowd, and he's an outcast of society, much like we've already talked about here, and he's climbing a tree because he's isolated, you know, he's at the back of the crowd, he's not welcome to come and stand with everybody else, he's separate from others, but he wants to get a glimpse of Jesus. This was not simply an act of choosing where was best for dinner. Jesus saw in his isolation and his separation and his need and chose kindness out of a posture of love. Uh, Like in these other stories, Jesus was not constrained by cultural norms. Jesus was not constrained by the fear of what other people would think of him. He simply saw the needs of the person in front of him and he showed kindness that they may be healed, they may be cared for, and I think most importantly that they were seen. What's also amazing here is that As Jesus shows kindness in choosing him and spending time by him, it created more kindness. That verse there, look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Kindness, I like this idea of is is a kingdom currency that when we use it, it grows and expands. It's infectious, and it's also really fun. Imagine what the world would be like if each of us had dinner with the Zacchaeus. Imagine what the world would look like if we all practiced outrageous generosity and hospitality. Imagine for a minute how incredible it would be if we all looked beyond the social norms, the status, and made it our mission to trade in the currency of kindness. It would be infectious and the world would be so much better for it. So kindness is a characteristic of God. It is a currency of the kingdom And it is in competition with the flesh. So what do I mean by this? We live in a world that is deeply selfish. Culture pushes us to centralise our world around ourselves. And it wasn't just countercultural for Jesus to like cross these barriers then. We're still in a divided world today. And what's also core is the case that it's like, It's core for our flesh to want to look after ourselves, make sure our needs are met, make sure that I am cared for. And you see that in babies crying when they want food or crying because they need their nappy changed. It's like the flesh needs to look after itself. At our our core, we want to look after ourselves. And so it's natural and normal. The problem with that is if our only focus is on ourselves and our needs, then we look inwards and we look down as opposed to looking outwards and looking up. Romans 8, 5 to 11. Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. The mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the spirit is life and peace. Because the mind of the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the flesh, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. That's a nice light little passage. We can't, in our own strength, live out the fruit of the Spirit. 
We can't be people who are full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control in our own strength. We can only do this by living in accordance with the Spirit and submitting to him so that the fruit of the Spirit can flow out of us. And kindness is in competition to the flesh because our default is to tend to our own needs. Kindness is an overflow of the Spirit, but it's also a posture shift of looking away from myself and looking to the needs of others around me. Before those verses that we read at the start in Galatians, it actually says, so I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we want to see fruit in our lives, if we want to see kindness overflow in our lives, we need to walk by the Spirit. Last time I spoke, I talked a lot about trees. So I'm going to talk about trees for a minute. Trees don't have to try and grow fruit. Yeah? It's not like a tree wakes up and goes... I'm going to try and grow fruit today. It's not like they have to fight to be able to produce it. It's what they're made to do. Um, And they just need to make sure, as a tree, that their roots go down deep, they're healthy, and they're in an environment which is conducive to grow. That is the same for us. We don't have to try to produce this fruit. Because the fruit of the Spirit comes out of us when the spirit is alive and moving in and through me it is not by my effort or by my might but it is by the spirit dwelling within me so ask yourself if kindness doesn't come naturally to you if these attributes of love of joy of peace of patience of goodness of faithfulness of gentleness and self-control are not things that you recognize then you need to ask yourself Am I aligning myself to the Spirit daily? Because this is fruit of the Spirit being active and present in my life. Is the Spirit alive and active in your life? Does the Spirit have room to grow and shape me? Or is the flesh taking control? Trees with deep roots and healthy and in the right environment grow and bear fruit. Simple as that. They just do. That's what they're made to do. Are you growing your roots down deep? Do you take the time to read your Bible every day? Do you take time to devote yourself to the spiritual disciplines and to walking close to Jesus? Are you putting your roots down deep into who he is? Are you healthy? Are you working at your physical health, at your mental health, at your spiritual health, at your emotional health? Are you enabling and allowing the Spirit to have the healthiest and best environment within you? That does mean looking after your physical body. That means looking after your mental. That means looking after yourself. Because if we're not, then we don't create space for growth. Are you in a healthy and, and conducive environment for growth? Do you surround yourself with people who push you to grow deeper? 
Do you surround yourself with role models who lead you forward in your discipleship? Do you surround yourself and follow people who walk the walk, not just talk the talk? Are you pe- do you follow people who live out these things effortlessly, effortless, effortlessly there we go, and shape you to be a better person? Or do you surround yourself with people who tear others down? Does your small group or friendship group actually lead you to be a better disciple or do you find that you actually end up just sitting around talking about all the problems with church? Do you have habits and patterns that are detrimental to your growth and don't allow space for the spirit to move? Does TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the news, football results, eBay or marketplace purchases, work, gossip, porn addictions, any of these things, do they take more of your time and focus than sitting with Jesus and creating space for him to grow. Have you created an environment in your life where God is not able to grow this fruit? Because a tree doesn't have to try, as we've said. You and I actually don't have to try to grow the fruit. We just need to give everything we are over to God every day, surrender ourselves to the Spirit and say, more of you, less of me. And just as Jan shared earlier in this series about being filled with the Spirit, I'm, I'm not standing here with a legalistic baton telling you, you have to do these five things to be kinder. But I'm saying you are, you are created to produce this fruit. This fruit should just grow on you in all, all situations because we are image bearers of God. And if kindness is a characteristic of God, it will flow out of us. We need to make sure we're surrendering to the Spirit. So you might want to just write down these questions and ask yourself this week. Do my roots go down deep? Am I growing and pushing my roots down into Jesus? Am I healthy? Am I working at my physical, mental, spiritual, emotional health? And am I in an environment that enables you to grow? Because if the answer to any of those is no, then that's my conviction for you this morning. We need to be working at doing these things so that the Spirit will grow this fruit within each one of us. So what can we do? Firstly, all of those things. We cannot do this in our own strength. If we struggle to see kindness naturally flow out of you, then actually the prayer today is, God, will you move and will your Spirit expand within my life? Maybe we'll do that as we worship in a minute. And praying that daily we would surrender everything to him. Secondly, what we can do is practice kindness. It's really fun. For those of you who remember Evan Almighty, you might remember that line of of acts of random kindness. What about this week making it your mission, your goal, to do lots of secret acts of random kindness? Now, I say acts of random kindness. I don't just mean like, I don't know, randomly giving somebody a kitten that they then have to try and look after. That's actually just, that's a really random, odd act. But, but thinking about like sending flowers to someone to say that you remember them or, or a text to a friend that you haven't seen in ages saying, I've just been thinking of you, hope you're doing okay. Or writing a handwritten letter to somebody or making a round of tea or coffee for your colleagues at work without them asking you to. Encouraging someone when they see, when you see somebody doing something great, encouraging them. Or sticking a bundle of cash in somebody's door because you know that financially they're struggling, it would be helpful for them. Being the first person to offer help when a request is put out. 
Maybe even hosting a create team member in the house. <laughs> there are so many different ways to be kind. And, and actually, we're not supposed to make a song and dance out about it. It's like, it's better to be sneaky with our kindness. It's better to like, I don't know, I, I put there, it's in competition to the flesh. But if you're a competitive person, like maybe make it your goal to win at being the most kind person in the world and you go around doing sneaky kind things all the time because that's only going to build the kingdom as long as you don't go bragging about it. It's really fun. Living a kind whole life will make the world a better place but we only do this by the spirit being more active and alive in us. I'd like to finish by standing and we're going to read a prayer from um, the Lectio 365 app that's at the end of every day. I'm going to read it. Feel free to read it aloud with me or or to say this in your heart. But this is a prayer of acknowledging the Father, the Son and the Spirit and inviting him to be more active and present in our life every day. So we pray, Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. And Spirit, Help me to love the lost, proclaiming Christ in all I do and say. Amen.